0: My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. God, be one to make friends. i just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and to teach. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. right, this market goes through leaders faster than I can go through a bag of Lay's Potato Chips. That's how you end up with a session like today where we opened up strong, looked beautiful, and then gave up the ghost. Dow losing 148 points did feel much worse than that. S&P declining 0.82%. NASDAQ 16.75%. The house of pain. Just think about how many times our leadership has changed since the market peaked in January. First, we love the banks. Bye, 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 bye! Then we hated them when they when loan growth seemed to fizzle at the national level. Sell, 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 sell. We love the industrials. Then hated them when President Trump decided to fight back against years of unfair Chinese trade practices. Of course, whatever love was left after the tariffs. When Caterpillar described this latest quarter as, quote, the high water mark for the margins, which of course is so important for the earnings. We love the soft goods for the consistency in their yields until their yields became too low against the 10 year Treasury, and the consistency vanished with commodity inflation and sluggish sales. Double trouble for the steady eddies. <laughs> Oh, and last week we loved Fang along with his fellow travelers, but today we turned on them big. We loved upside surprises in tech last week, the day they happened at least. Then we throw those same stocks in the trash after a day or two. Sell, 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 sell. That said, we did have three up days before the selling tsunami today. We've had some positive action or else the averages wouldn't be about flat for the year. So you have to ask yourself, how come this market isn't down more? That's what you ask yourself on a day like today. Given that we keep sending leadership group after leadership group to the guillotine, let's consider what's still working here. Maybe that will offer us not solace, because that's awful hard to come by these days, but maybe some rationale see, it's a motley crew for certain today. The utilities and the real estate investment trust have been hanging in. The oil and oil service stocks A smattering of domestic companies with no Chinese inputs. Some takeovers and the companies that can deliver finely honed upside surprises, like McDonald's this morning and First Data on the show later today, or Visa last week. Now, that, that's just not enough to sustain any advance, especially when there seems to be some sort of bizarre end-of-the-month tech sell program today that was indiscriminate and stumpy of anything connected with the data center, the PC, the Internet of Things, and especially the semiconductors. Good earnings, bad earnings, today it didn't matter in tech. They all got put in front of the firing squad. Even without the tech downdraft, we simply don't have enough leadership groups to generate a rally with any real staying power. But, and this might be a mighty big butt. These leaders are enough to keep us from plummeting. They seem to break the fall. That's what seems to happen around here. Something we need to take into consideration, especially at a time when so many commentators are eager to give up, bury this market. So let's try to be positive for a second. You know I like to do that on the down days, just like I like to be negative on the days everybody goes crazy. Because I have to tell you, we did put together some decent sessions of late. So let's not ignore that. Let's start with takeovers. It's great to see a return to merger Monday. Of course, the biggest one, T-Mobile Sprint, laid a real egg. Didn't do as much as people might have thought, believing it's dead on arrival. In fact... It's producing an awful paradox. Both Sprint and T-Mobile got eviscerated today because investors fear antitrust issues will kill the merger. Yet at the same time, if the deal were to go through, others fear that the combined companies would spend a lot less on equipment. So people are selling the telco equipment makers. Heads the Bears win tails the bulls lose. But beyond T-Mobile and Sprint, we got a handful of deals that had a real positive impact. Kramer fave Marathon Pete's buying Endeavor. That's another Kramer fave. Marriott uh, Vacations is acquiring ILG, like that one too. And Prologis is taking over DCT Industrial, an in merger of two warehouse REITs that we've had on that I've been recommending repeatedly. Now, these three sectors, refining, timeshares, real estate investment Trust, they don't provide leadership. So I'm not kidding myself here. However, they do create instant rewards for their shareholders, and that's. It's not nothing. These deals all take out competitors, too, so if they get approved, the resulting entities will have more pricing power. And they translate into more fees for the investment banks, which desperately need them because their stocks act awfully. Best of all, takeovers put the fear of God into the short sellers. Ever since the January peak, the risk reward in this market has skewed heavily to the downside, which makes it very easy to be a short seller. Aside from the T-Mobile Sprint transaction, all of these deals will give the shorts pause, make it just a bit harder for them to knock down stocks with impunity. Second positive, we do have some this bullish action I mentioned, the utilities and the REITs, Okay, with the latter aided by the Prologis DCT deal. And we're going to speak to uh, Deb Cafaro, who runs a huge REIT, Ventas, later in the show. Now, these uh, may be small groups, the Utes and the REITs, but they're groups with very high yields. The strength here signals that maybe the 10-year Treasury will stay below 3%, so when the smoke clears from this end-of-month sell program, perhaps all the dividend stocks will get some lift. Third, we've got the oil stocks going again. I know, it's negative zero-sum leadership. I hate it like you do, but looking at I will tell you this, looking at the oils over the weekend coming through the charts, I think they're vastly overextended at this point. I would not be a buyer. The rally took people by surprise because it's coming from a combination of stronger demand and geopolitical tension. I mean, come on. Netanyahu today saying, leader of Israel saying, that look, a uh, uh, Iran is not playing ball. So uh, the longer that oil stays up here, the more I begin to believe that maybe the Saudis are trying to prop up the market and expectations of the Aramco IPO next year. It's a bit of a quandary. Hey, did you know this? West Texas crude futures are at $51.50 for 2022, out four years. But oil is currently at $68.50. What's wrong with this picture? Not a terrific long-term sign. But right now, that long-term pricing is being completely ignored. You know what else is being ignored? The price of natural gas. It's getting clobbered. Now, that's bad news for the energy companies that skew toward gas. Of course, you'd expect that to send the big, big buyers of natural gas higher. But uh, those tend to be industrials like Dow DuPont, which is a gigantic consumer of natural gas to make plastics. And those are in the crosshairs of the president's protectionist rhetoric. Finally, of the pure upside surprises, the companies that solidly trounce the estimates, not because of taxes or one off items, but because business is just doing great like McDonald's today, which, by the way, peaked in January during the sell-off and then finally went way too low, or Visa last week, Amazon, okay? Not enough of them, though, to do the job. A lot of the others just didn't have the staying power. You know, I'm thinking about some of the big tech names. So what do we do? First, we have to bet that the good sectors can't stay down for long and the leaders will regain their losses. How can you not want to own the stocks of Microsoft or Intel after those amazing quarters? And yes, I know the charts are bad. Second, if the banks get a big boost from M&A, and remember, the profit in that group is amazing, they are too cheap to ignore. Third, how about the industrials? All right, let's tell the truth here. We all assume that if this trade war is allowed to escalate, the Chinese will win, right? Because we're beating down a beaten-down nation that doesn't think that anything could ever stop the Chinese anymore. Because we are, in many ways, just down on ourselves. China is effectively a dictatorship. President Xi doesn't—look, she look, Xi doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't have midterm elections or anything. He's got lifetime tenure. He can afford to make unpopular decisions. Well, let me just posit something. What happened, really, bear with me. What happens if China blinks? I'm gonna ask it again. What happens if China blinks? What happens if Larry Cudlow, Chief Economic Advisor of the President, and President Trump played good cop, bad cop and negotiated a better deal? then I bet we'll get a monster rally in the industrials like you wouldn't believe. You have to account for that possibility because the industrials are doing too well. I mean, the whole game would change. So I think you have to buy some of them into weakness. I know it's painful, sometimes pain before gain. Of course, if China doesn't blink, yeah, we're going to get lower prices for certain. But let me tell you something, how I've been feeling after today. The fall from these particular levels would be relatively minor as I believe much of the pain is already baked in. So I like the risk reward that's developed through the industrials. bottom line. We know the action is what I would describe, uh, let's just say in a positive way, fickle. We understand that it's hard to sustain in advance, but when you see something like this at the end of four months of trading, you have to ask yourself, hey, listen, if it's so darn bad, how does this market keep hanging in there? The answer's simple. Because as much as the sellers seem to want it to go down, it won't comply. There's always something working. There's always a bull market in this tape. You just need to know where to look. Alex from my home state of New Jersey. Alex. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Great show. Thank you, Um, buddy. Thank you.
2: uh, Northrop Grumman and the rest of the defense sector have been hammered hard during the last uh, week
0: or so. I'd like to get your view of the defense sector and Northrop Grumman in particular. I Uh, like Northrop Grumman's quarter. Now, I know this suddenly the streets turned on this group like you would not believe. But if you take a look, not at the one-month chart, but if you go out six months, you'll see that all that's happened is these stocks have given up a little bit of gain. And I think Northrop Grumman is good. Uh, Lockheed Martin, not as good. There were some issues with general dynamics, too. Let's go to Ron in Iowa. Ron. Jim, hey, what do you think
3: about buying Williams Partners before the earnings on Wednesday?
0: You know, um, I'm gonna say no. And I'm gonna say no if only because I too am so gun shy about this group. I would rather have you be in a ETF that has all of them, but you did, to, to your credit, Pick one of three that I like. I like WPC, William Partners, okay? I like Enterprise, and I like Magellan Midstream, even though my, my trust sh- sold too much Magellan Midstream before the big run. Those are the three that I'm willing to endorse. You're in it. I certainly would not sell it. I think the 6.75% yield is fine. Marsha New York. Marsha! Hi, Mr. Kramer. I'm Hi. calling in reference to United Rental Incorporated. I bought URI at one hundred on four seventeen. Today it closed at one hundred and fifteen. It's been going down ever since I bought it. Do you know the reason for why it's
3: going down? It's and going should
0: I down, hold or sell? Yes, the world has turned. Our market has turned on anything industrial believing that there is going to be a dramatic slowdown because of our trade war. It does not matter what what numbers I get from the local banks. It does not matter what numbers I get from the utilities. The world has decided that these stocks can no longer be owned because a trade discussion that is turning into a tiff and a tussle has made it so people think the world is done growing. And that's why that stock is being punished unbelievably. All right, sure, the action is Fickle, but you know what there's always something working and why can't they crush it ask yourself that well man money tonight is the recent action Allergan giving you frown lines man. I'm sitting down with a maker of Botox maybe you can help me, but I think I need it for the migraine then Okay, the T-Mobile Sprint merger is crazy, but is it so crazy that it just might work? I'm going to give you my take. And it used to be considered one of the best players in the REIT space, but recently, Ventos has mistakenly fallen out of favor. Is it time to let the dog get out of the house? I say yes. We got the CEO. Mad Money's back in great.
1: Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question?
0: Some stocks they can't catch a break. This morning we got results from Allergan, the big drug company with a share price that's been drifting lower for years now. It's crazy. And I feel every tick lower because we own it from Chapel Trust. They reported what I thought was an excellent quarter. I went through this thing, yet the stock got pounded down $8.39, more than 5%. It might have been because of a single line in the conference call. It's kind of stunning the way Wall Street turned on this thing. First of all, the numbers were great, okay? They were. Allergan posted a $0.38 earnings beat off a $3.36 basis, higher than expected revenue, major margin expansion. Management raised their full-year guidance. They had very good things to say about the pipeline, which is full of products with blockbuster potential. Initially, the stock opened up 4 bucks on the news. I thought that was right, but here's the thing. Allergan's conducting a major strategic review to figure out the best way to unlock value. And on the call, investors heard something they didn't like. Brent Saunders, the CEO, told us, running the company in large part as it exists today is not only an option, but also the baseline against which all options need to be considered. Hey, to me that sounds reasonable enough. That's what you should do, right? But, but it made many investors feel like maybe this whole strategic review will come to nothing. Let's try to get some clarity here by checking in with Brent Saunders, the chairman and CEO of Allergan, find out more about the quarter and where his company's headed. Mr. Saunders, welcome back to Mad Money. Good to see you, Brent. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having me. me. Sure. Okay, so Brent, I'm, there are no do overs. But I felt that what you said, maybe you can correct me was that look we're going to do what's best for the shareholders and we're going to be sure that what we do is better than what we're doing right now or else we won't do it that's i heard it that way did i hear it wrong
2: you heard it exactly right look this management team this board is focused on creating shareholder value over the long term we always have been right we're very open we we like to hear from our shareholders we like to discuss ideas with our shareholders And we've been very transparent about it. And the reality is, um, you know, we have to say that the baseline is the current business. And when it's performing well, that's a good time to do a strategic review because you can do it from a position of strength in your business.
0: Okay, Uh, but now let's say, I mean, you're paying down debt and you're also buying back stock, which is what everybody would want. Uh, No one questioned that, right? Right. So we, we finished our stock buyback. Right. We have now bought back
2: since we sold our, biz, our generics business to Teva, $17 billion of, of stock. And we paid down about $13 billion of debt. We paid down a big tranche this quarter, in the first quarter. Um, we're at our target leverage ratio for the year of 3.2 mm-hmm. times. We'd like to see it go lower. And we will continue to pay down debt um, as we generate a lot of cash from the business. In fact, cash flow this quarter... Was higher than expected at a billion five
0: as well. Okay, so now we got to go over. Is there anyone thinking that perhaps your uh, migraine drug uh, doesn't have the hit ratio that it should, and that some of the current drugs are uh, more effective, like an in indomethacin? No, um, I think
2: when you look at the data we presented from now two phase three studies mm-hmm. on our migraine drug abroad, Japan, We have a really good product. We have two more studies to come. They're safety studies, long-term safety studies required by the FDA. We'll get them in the back half of this year. But right now, I look at this data set, I say it looks beautiful. It looks like a great drug. How many people after two hours feel pain relief? Pain relief Relief. at two hours or three hours, I think it was about 50 60%. A lot of people. And I okay. think by, by
0: five or six hours, it was closer to 80. Okay. So, That's important yes. for uh, migraine sufferers because there's really not much out there, believe me. Okay, so how about treatment resistant depression? Is there something I'm missing there?
2: Treatment, re- no. Um, Rapastidol is a, a, a great drug that we have in phase three. We'll get the data early part of next year. It could be an absolute game changer for Right, there's for nothing depression. out there
0: like this, right? Absolutely. It approaches, approaches it like your migraine drug with a different pathway. Look, I really am hopeful for this drug. We,
2: mental health is a huge unmet medical need. Depression, suicidality, we're doing a suicidality study as well with this drug. This could be a game changer. We've got I'm just we're waiting for the data. I'm so excited
0: for yeah, it. People have to understand it's the largest cause of death for younger people. Top ten cause of death with no drugs. Right, only what can be done. Anything can be done. Must be done. We have the CEO of Revance Therapeutics on. He's talking about how twice the bang for the buck here. Uh, You talked. You addressed about uh, competitors. You feel the market's big enough. Is Revance a reason why the stock was down so much?
2: No, it it really. If it is, that that's a silly reason. Okay. I respect Revance. I wish them the best of luck. As they did to you. Right. We are the market leader. Botox is an iconic brand, 100% brand recognition everywhere in the world. It's an eponym, which means it's the name of the procedure itself, right? right? We invest more in Botox. We invest more in medical aesthetics in any company. All the other companies combined times perhaps Mm -hmm. five or six. We are committed to training, education, continue to expand the uses of Botox, and we're developing our own new novel toxins as well.
0: Okay, now. My understanding is is that people are uh, millennials are starting to recognize that you want to stop wrinkles before you have them. Uh, Younger people, uh, of course, the right age, but uh, taking Botox, uh, the selfie generation. There's quite a big movement among millennials.
2: It is an emerging class, along with men. We just actually started our first TV ads directed towards men. And we're actually running the first ads for Botox nationwide in the United States. I saw it direct in five to years.
0: In now, five years. And yeah. uh, direct to, yeah, you didn't need it, right? Not that you don't need it now, but it we just seems We don't need it like
2: now, but the market is at a tipping point, and we want to tip it the rest of the way.
0: Uh, cool sculpt. I see a huge number of adopters. Uh, business
2: strong? Strong, up 30% on a pro forma basis year over year. We've owned it only for about 11 months, so I have to do a pro forma. But amazing growth, doing Ju- great in our hands.
0: Juvederm fillers. Strong? Very strong. You know what I'm, I'm trying to Everywhere get the, at here? By the way. I'm trying to get at it. You know, I'm like, I'm like bipolar. Good. I mean, significant number. Of, yes, you have one drug coming off patent.
2: Okay. We, we, we are losing a patent for verstasis. By this we
0: point, it's not really a shocker,
2: though. We've been very transparent about the impact of that in our business. Our team was very hard-nosed. We took out the costs well in advance of the loss of the patent, so we're prepared for it. That's why our margins were so improved this quarter, up 260 basis points. Um, and so we're ready for it. It's, um, we're not the first drug company, nor will we be the last to lose a patent on a drug. Okay. That's part of life in the biopharma.
0: Right, let me give you kind of a nutty suggestion. Uh, drug companies, even the ones with half, a quarter of your growth. A quarter of your growth. If they yield three and a quarter, their stock stopped going down. It, would that be the right thing to do? You bought back stock. You bought back debt. But, you know, these companies, these second-rate companies that have such low growth rates, At three and a quarter of their stock stopped going down, I'm just searching here. Yeah,
2: so my opinion is what we need to do, we have a great strategy of leadership in our therapeutic areas. We need to get some more focus. We're looking at potential assets. Else, We need to pay down some more debt. Right. And we need to just drive sales and drive innovation. I think that's where we need to go. Our board will continue to debate some of the other strategic options, like a split right. and, and perhaps, you know, tuck-ins and things like that. But I think we know what we need to do. We've just got to execute. And I, I hope the market continues to work with us and give us the feedback. But we run a company, not a stock.
0: Fair enough. Well yeah. put. Okay, that's Brent Sorens, chairman and CEO of Allergan. I just gave you all the big lines. Did you hear anything bad? I didn't. Mad Money's back here for the break. Okay. Let's get one thing clear. I think the market is this T-Mobile Sprint deal all wrong. This may sound ridiculous, but as blatantly anti-competitive as this version may seem, I bet there's actually a good chance to get done. Yep, after interviewing both John Leisure from T-Mobile and Marcelo Claré from Sprint this morning on Squawk of the Street, I believe the government may actually approve this deal. After all, John Leisure is the greatest salesman of our era. It wouldn't surprise me if he can sell this transaction to the regulators. Look, I've known John forever from way back in Global global Crossing days a dozen years ago. He's made outrageous promises after outrageous promises after outrageous promises. He's put forth one ridiculous claim after another, and every single one of them has been borne out or come true. (laughs) Now, when I first heard that they were actually trying to merge this weekend, I didn't want to waste our time. We have enough big failed mergers on our hands. I mean, if Baker Hughes and Halberton couldn't get through with a host of promises, if Walgreens had such a hard time buying even a chunk of stores from Rite Aid, and of course, if the government's trying to block the ATT Wham-Warner deal, which isn't even like better, then how the heck can this deal pass muster? We have four wireless companies in this country, lots of price competition, letting T-Mobile combine with Sprint will leave us with three, and the regulars would tend to frown on a 4 to 3 deal because they're bad for the consumer. In theory, prices would rise, stores would be shut down, and jobs would be lost. All to enrich a pair of companies from Germany and Japan, help some billionaire out of Japan. Is that the new style of things? But after reading the manifesto, some small parts of your brain start believing that this deal may actually be good for America, creating tons of jobs, putting us back in the lead when it comes to 5G, perhaps even lowering your phone bill. I kid you not. I read through the materials twice, once from the beginning and once from the end up. I suggest you do the same. Here's the crux. Quote, This combination will create a fierce competitor with the network scale to deliver more for consumers and business in the form of lower prices, more innovation, and a second-to-none experience. End quote. That may sound crazy, but remember, this is exactly what John Leisure did when he bought Metro PCS. He added three times the workforce when most of the experts assume he'd do the opposite. I know I doubted John when he said he could take customers away from AT&T and Verizon, which he called dumb and dumber. Uh, being AT&T, uh, we've confirmed he said that at and definitely dumber because of that weak quarter. Yet he did it even with an inferior network. He promised me he'd build a superior network and make those two endless market donors. He said T-Mobile would be responsible for all the growth in the industry. He delivered on both. And if anybody in this business deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's Sean Leisure. So when he claims there'll be more investment, more jobs, better service, lower prices, I'm inclined to believe him. It may sound outrageous, but he's delivered on outrageous promises before. I think he'll do it again. Best of all, he's coming out swinging at all the objections. First, he says it's not a four-to-three merger. It's a five-to-four merger because Comcast recently added more new wireless customers than AT&T and Verizon combined. Second, he points out that rural America has been radically underserved, a problem he could fix if the deal goes through. Third, Leisure argues that AT&T and Verizon dominate business and government services by four-to-one. It's practically a duopoly, and the only way T-Mobile where Sprint can really combine, uh, compete is to combine forces. Fourth, he claims that the new entity will spend, get this, $40 billion to build out its own 5G network that will be superior to everybody. Sure, the regulators may try to block it. The deal could come down to a court case like at and Time Warner. But unlike those two, Leisure is doing everything he can to get this administration on his side by making the argument that a T-Mobile Sprint merger will be a positive for innovation, for the consumer, for jobs, even as that's not normally how mergers play out. What can I say? Sounds crazy. But it just might work. Michael in Chicago. Michael. Well, Babuya from Chicago, home of the 2018 world champion Cubs. Good for you, man. Like the fills here. What's up?
2: Uh, for a thing from investors, my stock is CenturyLink, CTO. At one time, you felt that the Tide dividend merited a cautionary flag. If you changed your mind, and there's this. Is this a telecom investable at all? Well,
0: the level three deal is going to increase the cash flow. And that, that did close, and that is good. And the yields at 11, that is too high. But I have to tell you, I do believe that the cash flow is better than I thought since that deal closed. Kent, New York, Kent. Jim, thanks for all you do. Oh, quite welcome. I'm a- from Philadelphia, and I love listening to your accent. Thank you, man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I bought Roku at 42. The news is up and down.
3: I don't know what to do.
0: Well, that's because uh, every day, first of all, we don't care in have in, uh, Money where stocks come from. We care where it's going to. But there is a, a sense that every time this lifts now, that Amazon's going to kill it. And so what Roku's become is a battleground. And battleground stocks, too hard for this guy. Cody in New York. Cody. Hello, Dr. Kramer. Oh, man, a I doctor wish to now, yes. Thank you and you for your steady, luminous guidance. Oh, man, I'm trying. What's going on? I'm a long term investor who's not averse to risk, and I should like to know your opinion on Dropbox. Let me give you two for one. A I like Spotify, and I like Dropbox. These are things that I think a lot of younger people cannot live without. Younger people do and hurt the earth. I say you're in good shape with Dropbox and in good shape with Spotify.
3: <laughs> it's wild,
0: it's outrageous, and it's possible. I think the Sprint and T Mobile deal can get done. John Ledger's coming out swinging and it might just work. Much more money, man, money, including my exclusive with Ventos VTR and internet rates, interest rates continue to rise. So how the heck should we be buying a REIT Well, why don't you listen to Deb Caffaro? Maybe you'll learn something. Then, it's a company that could become a big financial services player, like a Visa, like a MasterCard, like a Square, whatever you want to call it. And it's soared nearly 20% today. Can the momentum continue for First Data, which is actually much bigger than Square? I've got the exclusive. And it actually even includes Bitcoin. All your calls, Robin fire. Tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stick with Kramer. Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. We're going to save that tape. I am. Yep. What are you swearing on? A, a bottle of uh, <laughs> you uh know, On water? a television set. Now go forth and multiply. <laughs> I mean, hey. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. For a long time, as the economy seemed to be roaring and interest rates kept creeping higher, the Real Estate Investment Trust just couldn't get any traction. But once people started worrying about a possible tariff-induced worldwide slowdown and the yield on the 10-year began to back away from 3%, the REIT suddenly came back into style. Which brings me to one of my favorite REITs, Ventos, VTR. It's the healthcare-oriented Real Estate Investment Trust, owns senior housing facilities, medical office buildings, hospitals, research labs across North America. This is a great real estate healthcare play. On Friday morning, Ventas reported a strong quarter, even though its funds from operations came in a bit light. Its revenues, which is what I care about, was much higher than expected, rising by 6.8% year-over-year. Management raised their full-year guidance. The business is growing across all segments. Things look terrific. Even better, Ventos announced an amended agreement with Brooktail, we're going to hear more about this, its largest tenant, to resolve a number of issues that have been weighing on the stock. That's how its share price could surge more than 8% on Friday. Oh, and by the way, 6.1% yield? More than covered by the funds from operations. Looking pretty attractive here. So can Ventos keep climbing? Let's take a closer a look with Deb Kafar. She's the chairman and CEO of Ventos. Hear more about how our company's doing and where it's headed. Ms. Kafar, welcome back to Mad Money. Good to see
1: you, Deb. Have a seat. you. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, this was really the quarter that we've all been looking for. All the objections were answered and I'm trying whether we should figure out to start with the upgrading of the portfolio or the Brookdale deal or something you told us would happen, which is that people have stopped building senior living. You said that there was a peak. You held back and now it's coming down. Is it going to stay that way? And that's great for you.
1: Wow, there's so many good things to answer yes. there. Yes, we, we can start with earnings, which as you mentioned were above expectations. Our guidance was raised. Uh, the senior housing business is a great business. We saw starts continue to come down, only a little over six thousand units That's got started in the whole in the country in, in the top ninety nine markets. That's unbelievably yes. low. That
0: could have been five markets five years ago.
1: Exactly. Wow. And so it's off. It's the lowest since it's been in 2016 and nearly half of what it was at its peak right. in the end of 15. Right. So a good sign.
0: Right. Now, how about something that the analysts aren't asking about, but I see because I deal with a lot of companies. You know, as you know, my late father had it, we well, often talked about it, this long-term care where you stay at home. Yes. No one's writing these policies anymore. Right. Isn't that it, uh, good for Ventos that people – you know, they basically want to go and have to go to senior living because you can't stay at home. No one's going to give you those policies.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, we have so much good work to do to show how beneficial to health and wellness and longevity communal living right. is. And the industry really is just at the beginning of being able to demonstrate that. We've got about 11 percent penetration among seniors who mm-hmm. use senior living, and we'd love to see that much higher one percentage point of penetration fills all the vacant units so that's obviously a really important criterion for us to get moving on. I want to
0: get to the Brooktail deal, but one thing I, I see is, is that the portfolio, even since the time I met you, portfolio's upgraded everywhere, and yes. the clients have much better credit ratings yes. everywhere. This life science medical office, university-based life science, to me, is the most excited business you have. Tell us it about It is.
1: That. So we have been rotating our capital away from the skilled nursing business, right. which we exited oh. strategically and profitably. We've cycled that into a business now that's at $2 billion and growing where we're doing business with the leading research universities in the nation, building brand new research facilities where they can cure cancer Mm -hmm. and do all kinds of wonderful things. With
0: great universities you're affiliated
1: with. Yes, Brown, Yale, Penn, exactly. And this business has huge demand. We have great expertise and it is our number one capital allocation priority and we continue to develop new customers and also build on the campuses where we are, like Penn.
0: Okay, now Brookdale, this had been one of these things, these shorts are going to be, why do you like the vent? they got this problem with Brookdale, and they don't even know what it meant, but why don't you clear everybody up here on how yes. good this deal is?
1: Yes, Oh well, the Brookdale lease extension that we announced on Friday is really fantastic. It's great for us, and it's also positive for our customer, Brookdale, who's the largest provider of senior living in the US and a a longstanding customer. The main point is that we extended our lease maturities on about 180 million of annual rent out to 2025. And so we have eight more years of lease protection guaranteed by Brookdale. And that's of course, we start to see in 2020, the huge growth in the senior population. And so by 2025, this so-called silver wave will be rocking and rolling. And that is really, really positive for us.
0: Now, uh, people are always saying, wait a second, 6% yield, something must be wrong. Your coverage is magnificent on the 6% yield, right?
1: Our dividend is really rock solid. And I cannot think of anywhere else in the equity market where you could get a company with our balance sheet, our track record, our demand story, and a 6-plus percent dividend.
0: Now, your CFO, Bob Prost, talked at one point about stronghold markets, L.A. and Boston, yes. what he called challenge markets, so Atlanta and Chicago. Can a challenge market become an unchallenged market?
1: It can, and and there are markets where you see it's easier to build. Atlanta is a classic one oh, in Oh, that's what State. it is. It's just
0: too easy to build.
1: Yes, and okay. so um, people are building there. But when you look at the demographics, you also see that over the next five years, the senior population is supposed to grow over 25 percent. Right. So people are building where the demand is coming, but they are building in advance of it. And that's really what we have to work through in uh, the coming period.
0: Now, will we still see uh, dispositions? I mean, you had this one point two five billion disposition proceeds for debt repayment. Is that still going to be going on?
1: We are expecting about a billion and a quarter of harvesting of capital this year, about 300 million of which has occurred. And then we are using that to strengthen our balance sheet and create dry powder. Because as you know, when the acquisition market is a good one, we are the first on the accelerator to be a consolidation machine. One
0: one last kind of existential situation that I know I talked about with our Mm -hmm. friend Don Wood. Ventas, I sometimes feel, if it were not part of the real estate investment trust index, yes. would be soaring here because there are some challenged players. But yes. there's really nothing you can do about this ETFization, right? It's your cohort. There's really it's just you just got to stay the course.
1: We we think that uh, some markets are not favorable to a particular company, even though the company may be doing well. Right. But I think we're really smart about executing on strategic alternatives. Finding ways to create value, and this is gonna be very powerful when we get to the other side. So wow. we feel really good about where we are. I
0: think you're much closer to the other side. I think you're you're humble and you fight. And I know that I can make the judgment, but I think <laughs> you're close to the other side, then then we're making it out here. Okay, Thank that's you. Deborah Kafaro, Chairman and CEO of Ventos. VTR, so proud. This is gonna be so right. Six percent, the breakout quarter. Mav money's back after the break. It is time for the lightning round. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Skate. Got it. Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Matt in California. Matt.
2: This company's customer base is so much larger than Amazon's. When will Alibaba's stock price rise to the same height?
0: Well, I got to tell you, it reports May 4th. I think it's certainly a possibility that we see real good numbers. I, I say own it chart looks real bad people are freaking out about it let's go to melissa in california melissa
3: hi jim hi melissa i wanted to know what your take is on first american financials do they get a booyah
0: no no you can't i mean it's like anything even remotely connected with the housing segment it's just not working and i'm not going to fight the trend i wish i could but i just don't have the energy let's go to chris in virginia please chris
3: Hey, a big Wahoo! Bu- 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 booyah, Jim!
0: All right, I like a southern booyah. I guess what's going on?
3: So um, I bought this stock about a month ago, and it's 52-week low. It's down another seven percent since then. I'm talking about Coherent, C-O-H-R.
0: Oh my God, laser! Jeez, oh uh, you know, Laser Photonics has been just a nightmare. I can't cancel anything other than. Don't buy. But I can't have you sell it down here. It's too low. How about Mark in Illinois? Mark. Jim, thanks for doing what you do. It's great. Thank you. Um, I'm looking
2: looking at the confusion that is the results for the the deal with Ionis.
3: Well, I mean, Stan
0: Crook did a good job negotiating that deal. The problem is, first of all, there's competitors coming into that space. But second of all, I'm feel he gave away the upside. I'm I'm not one of those people, but I'm not going to fight the trend. You'll hear that from me a lot in the lightning round of late. I can't fight the trend because when things start going down, they don't stop going down. How about Kirk in California? Kirk.
2: Jim Cramer, a great big Orchid,
0: California. Booyah. Okay. Like thought is sketches. Uh, well, F-K-M- that's exhibit A and, and what I just mentioned about it. I can't stop going down. I invite Tony Romo on the show to see how quickly he can get through that airport thing. I can never get through like that. And like I get wet, wanded. I have stuff in my pockets. I have like a lifesaver in there, and they send me back. He goes right through. What is that about? Mike in South Dakota. Mike.
3: Well, booyah, Mr. Kramer. I love Mike. your show.
0: Thank you. Hey, my question is on Corning, GLW. Well, Corning is the kind of company that goes down on a day when prize, when a Sprint... <laughs> is uh, trying to merge with T-Mobile. Some people say, oh, maybe there's not going to be that much telco equipment, which, of course, has nothing to do with Corning. But that is where we are right now. I'm going to have to take a pass. Warren in California. Warren.
3: Yeah, thanks for taking my question. Okay. I currently own Buffy, Bank of the Internet. Thinking about buying more. What's your I would.
0: i tell you, the banks that are still up keep going higher. Now, this one has been a roller coaster. But of late, it's very inexpensive When a price-to-earnings multiple. Even though it's got quick growth. How about we go to Christian in New Jersey? Christian. Thank you for all your wisdom. Thank you. My stock is VRSK, Okay, this is one of those companies that is a fintech for the insurance business. People love it. I have yet to be able to do a piece on it. That's my bad. It is a like stock, and I like it too. And that ladies and gentlemen, the inclusion of the. Lightning Round!
1: The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
0: Keep weaving this fantastic move in first data, the big payment processor that skyrocketed today in spectacular fashion, up more than 18%. Holy cow, I knew the payment space was good, but this is something else. Here's a stock that's been lagging behind the market for months, and now they've turned things around in a single quarter. How'd they do it? Well, actually, it took a lot of work. But the company did deliver 3-cent earnings beat off a 26-cent basis. Even better, management raised their full-year sales and earnings forecast. Now, some of this strength is because the numbers were excellent. But I think most of the move comes down to the fact that so many investors have given up on this incredible story. Suddenly, they've got a reason to buy it again. So could this be the start of a much larger move? Let's dig deeper with Frank Bisignano. He is the chairman and CEO of First Data. Find out more about the quarter and his company's prospects. Frank, welcome to Mad Money. This is so great to see you Good on this big day. You, have a Good seat. Now, Frank, it all came together, but this is a lot of hard work that you did. And you told people, look, I want to pay down debt, but I also want to grow. How did, it, how did you were able to do that since most people can only do one and not the other?
3: Yeah, well, we have a uh, huge generation of cash flow machine, nice. you know, billion four, billion five. Um, we were paying down debt. We've paid down more than six billion dollars in debt since I've been here, and uh, it was very important to make a turn and buy Card Connect, buy BluePay. Those were fast growth companies mm-hmm. in a fast growth area, and uh, they've paid off handsomely. All right,
0: tell us. people what those did because I've got to tell you, eighteen, nineteen dollars stock. A lot of our viewers are going to be very excited, but I want them to do the homework.
3: Yeah. So. Um, we're a, uh, a large merchant acquirer. We sit in a lot of different spaces. We own a debit network. We have an issuing business. But in the merchant acquiring business, uh, we were predominantly a bank partner. Mm-hmm. And now banks are the best in the league. They're the best partners. But there were other areas to grow. And one was providing uh, payment pro- payment services to software vendors. Mm-hmm. Both Card Connect and BluePay did it. One in the e-commerce area and one in the card present area. Both will leaders. We went and bought both those properties. They were double-digit growers. And we brought their capability into the rest of our company and consolidated a lot of the business and now have those assets helping the rest of the company grow. you had some big share take. I I thought that many of our viewers would know uh,
0: Lyft, but they might not know this millennial spa and salon, but they're both big wins, right? They are.
3: They are. Um, We had a series of ISV wins. Um, that ultimately we uh, win the business of the software vendor and then all the provider, all the people they're providing to it, the individual spas and salons that they service, tens of thousands globally, we will provide all our payment processing to. The beauty of those is they're not in our numbers yet. We've won it. We've won it, and we have runway in front of us. I wish the analysts
0: had asked you. I think your security business is best in class. Some of these merchants have had a lot of stuff stolen, a lot of cards broken into. You can do a lot to stop that.
3: Yeah, we've spent a lot in building out our security discipline. Uh, We treat it as a separate business. We provide it to our merchants, but we also have created uh, products on the front end. One called Fraud Detect that helps large merchants know when the card's being swiped, is it fraudulent? So we've taken down the fraud rate for many of our clients, and we think that is a very, very accretive business for them. Fraud is a real cost, and we want to protect them against fraud.
0: Now, uh- I have to ask this because the Square people came on the show and said, you know what, if customers want Bitcoin, we'll do Bitcoin. Does that mean anything for you, Bitcoin?
3: Well, I always think of it this way. I think uh, our job is to enable commerce. So I I abide by if my clients want it, we provide it. Um, Along those lines, we've enabled people like Alipay. We've enabled Cup. Our gift business is driven uh, with some Bitcoin in it. So we do accept Bitcoin. But really, our job is to help our clients enable commerce, and what they want is what we provide. People don't realize Alipay's got a big business in North America, and that's yours now, right? They do, yes.
0: 35000
3: Yes, yes. And and we believe that enabling these payment systems actually allows commerce to happen better for the businesses in America. Help them do more business. That's our main motto. But the international business is probably your fastest grower. How big can that get? Well, you know, that uh, that business has been a complete... Uh, growth business for us. We're growing in Latin America. We're growing in Asia PAC. There were places that the company four years ago did not focus and did not invest in. We've invested a lot. It's growing 15 percent and we see that very, very sustainable. We believe you'll hear us continue to talk about wins and market Mm -hmm. share gains in those markets. Asia PAC, EMEA and Lion America.
0: Now, one of the things that people started doing is they were short-sleeing against you, guys bailing because the tenure went to 3%. Your debt profile uh, profile's actually much better than people realize,
3: and you're paying down a lot, so that should no longer be the focus. Yeah, well, I think two things happened. Uh, when tax reform occurred, uh, there were a bunch of um, items in there that we're going to be detrimental to us. You've seen us lower our tax rate, and we'll continue to work on lowering that going into next year also. So we were smart about mm-hmm. that. I think that penalized us a little bit. And then there was the issue of interest. Um, but we are right. very, very fixed interest. Wait, right. uh, and thrown and out, not yeah. right, in your term? Nope. Well, you've done a lot of things right. This was the breakout quarter.
0: Now I think that some of these analysts who raised from 25 to 28 as target prices, I think you're going to be right. That's Frank Bisignano. He's the chairman and CEO of FDC. First date of Frank, thank you so much for coming on. And congratulations nice on a really amazing quarter. Thank you. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. we yeah, money. right back. I've been doing a lot of work on this boot camp that I'm giving on Saturday. And I got to tell you something, one of the things that I have learned and I analyze all the rallies since the January top, if you buy up, if you pay up, particularly on Mondays, you lose money. OK, just listen to me. You lose money. So why don't you stop losing money? Because losing money is a miserable feeling and too many people insist on Buying what the pajama traders buy. I like I said, there's always a bull market summer. Promise are the finding just for your radio right man money. I'm Jim Cramer and I will see you
1: tomorrow.
0: I want people to feel like they just learned something. We have journalists in the far corners of the universe. I can't wait to get all of those resources under one hour-long newscast where we can deliver the facts of the day clearly and concisely in context and with perspective and tell people what's happening, what it all means. Get the truth, not the spin. The News with Shepard Smith. Subscribe to the podcast today.